You write those goals down. Write them down. Manifest them. If you want to be a millionaire, you know what it takes to be a millionaire. You got to sacrifice and work hard. By having those goals, you need to have them be attainable. Mini goals. That's why we call them mini goals. What do you want to achieve? Okay, I want to hit the gym four days a week. You know, if I want to hit my goals to lose weight. You know, when you're dealing with the fight game or any other game you want to play, those mini goals and manifesting those goals, working hard, will, will take you there. Because that's the independent success. Right. And I knew somehow I was going to be a star. I just knew it was going to take a lot of sacrificing and a lot of hard work to get there. Mm. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and today is a special episode because as you know, uh, we normally release episodes every Monday and Thursday, and today we have a special episode that is very timely with something that's going on this weekend. And yes, there still will be a new episode that comes out again tomorrow. And we will get back to the regular schedule next week. By now, I'm sure you have heard of Jake and Logan Paul and how they are taking the sport of boxing to a whole new level. As you know, I have the utmost respect for anyone who puts themselves out there to achieve what they want in life. And this is no different. With that said, Jake will face by far his toughest opponent yet, former UFC champion Tyron Woodley this Sunday. Tyron is a seasoned striker and much more experienced than any of the others that Jake has defeated. How does he prep for this? How does he take his training to the next level? Insert Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor, who is also today's guest. Anthony is an up-and-coming fighter and has won his last five fights. He is Jake's full-time sparring and training partner, and they have a special relationship. A relationship so special that Jake gave Anthony an opportunity of a lifetime to fight boxer and Love Island star Tommy Fury as an undercard fight the same night that Jake fights Woodley. To make things even more interesting, Taylor has a story of his own. Anthony is a former stripper turned fighter and hit rock bottom just a few years ago after losing a boxing match. He found himself on the verge of homelessness and was experiencing thoughts of suicide. With the help of a mentor and coach, he was able to revamp his mindset, get back on his feet, and win a few fights. Our conversation today gets into it all. Anthony shares his comeback story and how he made different choices and revamped his mindset to get to where he is today. We talk in depth about his incredible relationship with Jake Paul, including how they met, what it's like training with him, and the lessons he's learned from Jake. Anthony reveals who he thinks will win this Sunday and what's next for him, whether he wins or not, and so much more. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Anthony Taylor to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Anthony, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting with you because as we all know, you have a big fight coming up against Tommy Fury, August 29th, and you're on the same card as the Tyron Woodley versus Jake Paul fight. And what's also really fascinating is that you've been Jake's training and sparring partner. And I think you guys have become really close friends as well. And I definitely want to get into all of that. But what's also really inspiring is your backstory. I know things haven't come easy for you. I know 
you kind of grew up in a good family, it seemed like, but then you were working at T-Mobile and then you kind of hit this point in your life where you were trying to figure out what you were doing and then you get into fighting and then to make money, you become a stripper and then you box. And then I think you hit a low point where you were homeless, you were depressed and having like suicidal thoughts. And then you're now trainer, I think, was it Anthony? Uh, Antonio. Antonio McKee, right? Yeah. Kind of sat you down and kind of helped you get on the path where you are now. So, but before we talk about that, like what was going on in your life where you were feeling so down about yourself? I mean, a lot of, a lot of people won't acknowledge that they have mommy and daddy issues. You know, they have that tough man persona or that person persona. You know, I grew up having mommy and daddy issues. You know, I never had a father really show me the ropes, how to become a man, how to, how to take blows and get up. You know, I never had that in my life. My mom wasn't really... My mom was there present, but she wasn't physically there, you know? And as a young kid, you know, I have a lot of brothers and sisters. You definitely want to have that pair of support, especially in sports, you know, especially in school. Like I love my mom to death, but she wasn't really physically there in my life. And, you know, growing up, you know, I never really got arrested. You know, I was a good kid. I, I grew up in Alameda, California. It's a small city. And, you know, I had good friends. But, you know, growing up with friends, I learned I, I had to teach myself how to be a man. You know, you're not going to learn to be a man from hanging out with your friends. See, as you go, you're not going to learn to be a man by your brother, your older brother raising you, you know. So I never had that foundation growing up as a kid. Mm. Yeah, that that makes sense. And I think it also is is why you and Antonio kind of have this strong bond. I know he's almost like a second father to you, if you will, and has been instrumental in kind of guiding you on the path that you're on now. And and so like you had that fight in the box in the boxing match, I guess it was a few years ago and you ended up losing. And then I think that's kind of what like led to a lot of your your the, the, your, the mindset stuff you were going through. So oh. Was your, were you struggling financially and stuff? Was that what was well, going on? Yeah, 2006. So a lot of people don't know. Like, I have an amateur boxing background of 12 and 1. And I did that when I was 18. But in that 2017 bout, when I did the boxing, this one I was going through a lot of mental issues, suicidal thoughts, having a mental breakdown. Me and my girl broke up at the time. I lost my spot. You know, I needed money. A boxing promoter hit me up, say, hey, do you want to fight? You need some money? I'm saying, yeah, when is the fight? He was like, tomorrow. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll take the fight because I need money. You know, I'm I'm damn near about to be homeless. I need some money for hotel, for rent. You know, I'm about to damn near move back with my mom. <laughs> you know, so I took the fight, short notice. The next day, I lost by split decision. One judge had me actually winning the fight. and. The the fighter went on to become a, having a record of six and two. You know, I fought a hometown guy in his backyard, you know, lost by split. You know, it, it was a tough time, you know, and I and I look back I, without that fight or what I've been through, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Right. So what were some of the things that you had to work on or maybe it was some things that Antonio helped you with was specifically like revamping your mindset and the way you felt about yourself to give you the confidence to be doing what you're doing now. A lot of it had to do with me being honest with myself, me telling myself, okay, Anthony, stop the lies. Be honest with yourself. 
you know, you know how they say, thank you till you make it. Nah, yeah. No, no more of that. And dealing with Antonio, he was always a realist. Like he always kept it real. He kept it honest. And I wasn't loving myself at the time. You know, Antonio had to really sit me down and be like, look, you're, you're two and five as an MMA fighter. No organization is going to want to sign you. You should quit. You're spiraling, spiraling out of control. You're going out to clubs. You're, you're spending all these times with different women. Look, what are you doing with your life? The, the, and he said like this. He says, the way you're living, you're going to end up dead. And it really stuck in my mind, like, he actually cares. You know, I, I didn't know what I was going to do from there. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure that having somebody like that, who really didn't have a lot of skin in the game, but just he was very, it seemed like emotionally invested in you and just cared for you, tell you something like that. It, it probably felt a little differently than somebody who was like super close to you from your family, maybe saying something because... You're like, man, this guy's right. And I'm sure at a time where you were feeling so down and out, like you, it was something, it was that the time where you were just ready to make a change and it was what you needed to hear in that moment. So we talk like mindset is like everything in life and specifically when it comes to fighting. So was there any like tools that you really used to transition yourself from being the guy that you said you were like two and five and you were like in a really, tough spot mentally and emotionally to give you that belief in yourself to, to want to fight again? The, the mindset of having that, you know, when I was in that relationship, she manipulated me by breaking me down. You know, I didn't, I lost the passion it was able to fight, you know, but having that mindset as a fighter wanting to go, even when you have a record of two and five, it is it, difficult because now you got to, Revamp your whole career, your whole strategy, and your game plan. I knew what I needed to work on. It was, hey, stop, stop going on dates with all these girls. Stop going out to clubs and stop eating out. Those were my biggest, my biggest demons. You know, women were my biggest demons at the time, so I had to stop that. And and Tony was like, look, if you don't straighten yourself out, don't come back. Mm. I'm not going to waste my time with you. You have so much potential. You're wasting it. And hearing him say that, it, it just changed me on a different course. My mindset became stronger. I started taking jujitsu classes at Darcy O'Leary Jiu-Jitsu. I started coming in more, even though I didn't want to come to training more than twice a week. We trained four, day, four days a week. I started going four days a week. I started getting better. And I got better organization that knew me from the last Bellator event. Say, hey, you, you know, hey, you want to fight? You want to get a chance? I'm like, sure. You know, my whole mindset on that, I started eating better. I started living better. I started loving myself a lot better, a lot much more. And respecting myself overall. Eating healthier. So my mindset for that became different. I was no longer that damaged person i was now rebuilding myself from feet up yeah well i mean that's really amazing and incredible that you were able to kind of shift that perspective and turn your life around because there's a lot of people like that even in life without fighting that they're just they've had loss after loss after loss they've gone through a breakup they've lost their job 
they've lost friends, they, their health has gone um, to crap or whatever it is, and they just keep spiraling down. And now they're, now they're not just two and five, they're two and 10, they're two and 20. And to fight back out of being two and 20 is a lot harder than it is to fight back when you're two and five, right? Because those losses stack up. And, and I think when you started winning, the, the wins probably stacked up too, and it improved the way you felt about yourself. It improved your confidence with everything that you were going on. So I want to kind of to fast forward a little bit because you've won five fights in a row and you're fighting Tommy Fury here on the 29th. But the other interesting storyline is you somehow have, you, you partnered with Jake Paul to kind of help prepare him to fight Tyron Woodley. So how did that, how did this all come about? Because it's pretty random. I'm going to try to get detailed as much as possible. So back in 2020, you know, this is when KSI fought Logan Paul and Addison Gibb fought Jake Paul. I'm like, hey, I'll fight you guys. No, I'm like, don't fight me, fight me. So I was manifesting it for years, for a year. So then all of a sudden, I knew this guy who worked at MMA Island. His name was Donna Corby. He was like, hey, I'm doing an interview with BJ Flores, who's Jake's Paul manager. This was back in April. So Donna was tagged on Twitter. It was Donna and BJ Flores was tagged on Twitter. And they were talking about Jake Paul in the, in the comment section. I get on Twitter, me being a Twitter troll that I am. I say, Jake Paul dodged me. Tell him to come fight me. I'll, he's running. BJ Flores, who's his head coach, messages me, say, hey, if you want to fight Jet, come to Miami. Come on to Miami. I'm like, you serious? She's like, come on to Miami if you want to fight Jake. Sparring him four to five rounds. I said, cool. I was like, when do you want me there? He's like, come next week. I'm like, all right, cool. I come next week, but my ticket, I go to Miami. It's like the week before his fight, like two weeks before his fight. They like, yo, you here? I'm thinking to myself, man, these guys about to jump me, beat me up. <laughs> Like they did Rick James on his couch of Dave Chappelle's show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go there. We spar about four or five rounds. I have Louis Pena with me and, and Charlie Decker. He was there. Man, we and Jake go to war. I didn't think of the mindset of, oh, he's a YouTuber. Because you step in that, that ring with me, you a fighter. I didn't care who he was. So we fight bygones. We go our separate ways. The next couple of days, me, me and Jake are having Twitter wars, Twitter beats, you know, is what it is. So after the Ben Askren fight, that dies down. So, you know, everybody's saying Jake beat me up. Everybody's saying I beat Jake up. It didn't matter. You know, it was sparring. We didn't have, they didn't have sparring videos. So I'm in camp getting ready for July 3rd fight for Germany because I'm supposed to fight an MMA fight in Germany. PJ Flores hits me up in June. Mm. He says, pretty boy, you ready for some more sparring? Four to five weeks, Puerto Rico. I'm like, what's who? He's like, Jake Paul, you're going to help him get ready for the Tyron Woodley fight. I'm like, thinking to myself, let's go. I'm like, cool. He's like, we're going to pay you good money. I said, all right, great. When do you guys want me to fly out? He said, Sunday. I'm like, that's Sunday, right? No, this Sunday. I'm like, oh, that's three days from now. I'm like, okay, cool. So I pack all my stuff. I go there. I end up having to cancel my, my MMA fight because I knew the potential of, okay, 
I'm making more money being there, <laughs> you know? So I'm there for the first two weeks. Me and Jake's barn, we go at it. We go at it. And they look at it like, whoa, okay, he's in shape. He looks good while he's in shape. You know, I was supposed to fight again August 1st, but I canceled that fight because Jake was like, hey, congratulations. I'm like, what's going on? And people was like, Jake wants you to stay the whole camp. I'm like, seriously? He's like, yeah, they like you. They like what they see in you. And they want you to stay the whole camp. So I'm building a relationship with the coaches, his team and everything. And, you know, I tell people this straight up. I got paid more money being a sparring partner than I did my whole MMA career. Wow. Wow. So and, were you surprised when you first started sparring with him? Like how like, cause he looks like he's like an actual boxer. Like it, from the footage I've seen, it seems like he knows what he's doing. Like, were you surprised as a fighter? Look, I tell everybody, like I said, you step in that cage, you step in that ring, you're a fighter. And you put on gloves and you want to spar with a professional fighter, you're a fighter. <laughs> I don't care if you're a plumber. I don't care if you're a nurse or a nanny or a doctor. You're a fighter. Jake, Jake can box. People make fun of him being a YouTuber, Disney Channel, being, being want to be a boxer. I mean, she's just guys who worked at a grocery store and become a boxer. Look at George St. Pierre. He was a garbage man, became a UFC fighter. I just think those are, you know, bullies who, who want to talk down on people who want to thrive on something new. You know, so being there for about four, for about three and a half weeks, Jake and them, you know, Jake is starting to warm up with. He started to warm up to me like, okay. He's cool. People around him like, yo, it cool. It, he a homie. He's cool. Danny, I love that. Danny, I love is like second in chief. And he's one of Jake's, you know, coaches. And Jenny, I love was like, yo, me, Anthony, we bonded like this. So me and Jenny, I bonded so well. It was crazy. You know, we just clicked and we laughing. We hang out, go out. And Jake started slowly warming up to me. I think the fourth week after I canceled my last fight, August 1st, that I was supposed to fight, Jake pulls me in after training, pulls me to the side with everybody. He said, hey, Anthony, um, I'm thinking they're going to send me home. You know, I'm like, man, damn, I'm about to get sent home, making good money. So he's like, hey, Anthony, you know, we appreciate you for what you've done for us. You sacrificed things, you know, especially your fights. You didn't have to but you did, but I definitely want to give you an opportunity. I'm like, okay. You know, I'm like, all right. He's like, have you heard of Tommy Ferry? I'm like, yeah, of course. That's the guy who's been trying to fight you. I've been trying to fight him too. He's like, look, me and my team talk and I want you to fight Tommy Fury on the undercard of the, of the day I fight. I was like, what? Like, what? Like, really? It was crazy. I'm like, okay, let's do this. Like, Doug, I manifested it that day. <laughs> I took, if you go on my Twitter and you look at May 31st, June 1st, you see me calling out Tommy Fury. Now, why Tommy? What was, what was it about Tommy Fury? I mean, I know he's a professional boxer, I think, over in the UK and he was on Love Island, but was there some beef with him or you just were trying to to fight him for some other reason. I'm like, hey, I got the spark. Look, I manifested that I was going to fight Jake last year mm -hmm. and earlier this year. 
I'm like, hey, I'm about to fight Jake. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but we're going to fight. But we fighting sparring, obviously. Now, I manifest that. I'm like, hmm. Tommy Fury wants to fight Jake. Tommy Fury is not tough. So I'm just calling out Tommy Fury. I'm like, hey, I'll fight you. You're not tough. Come fight me. MMA fighter, 7-5, fight by Wood Street, all one boxing. Come fight me. All of a sudden, I'm fighting Tommy Fury because I'm manifesting it. I put myself in the position because I worked hard to get where I had to do. Mm, I want to I wanna piggyback on that because there's a lot of people that they see people like yourself, Jake, Logan, you know, people who are like really going after what they want, doing like the unthinkable, right? Like if you said like five, 10 years ago, like Logan Paul is going to be fighting Floyd Mayweather, people will be like, there's no, no way that's going to happen. Right. Like, right. like a five years ago, Jake Paul is going to be fighting Tyron Woodley. Five years ago, you know, Anthony Taylor is going to be, you know, boxing against Tommy Fury. So what did, what's some advice you have for some people that are maybe in a spot where they know what they want to go after and they know what they want to do, but they just have, they don't have the courage. They're nervous. They're like, are people going to make fun of me? Like, do you have any advice for them? Yeah, absolutely. You write those goals down, write them down, manifest them. If you want to be a millionaire, you know what it takes to be a millionaire. You got to sacrifice and work hard. By having those goals, you need to have them to be attainable. Mini goals. That's why we call them mini goals. What do you want to achieve? Okay, I want to hit the gym four days a week. You know, if I want to hit my goals to lose weight. You know, when you're dealing with the fight game or any other game you want to play, those mini goals and manifesting those goals, working hard, will, will take you there. Because that's the independent success. Right. And I knew somehow I was going to be a star. I just knew it was going to take a lot of sacrificing and a lot of hard work to get there. Mm. I see it with my teammate, AJ McKee. This man was talking about he was going to be the Bellator champ. And he was, we were amateurs together. Now he's 18-0, the 145 champion for Bellator MMA. And he's manifested it. It's, it's there. When you work hard and you're not cutting corners and you want something, you'll get it. God is not saying, hey, you walk outside, there's a doctoral decree on my doorstep. Oh, thanks, God. I think I'm a doctor now. No. God's like, yo, work hard. I put you in a position where you can't attain and earn that degree by going to school. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that just sit on their couch and they're like, oh, I'm just going to pray or I'm going to manifest and something's going to show up at my door and it's just not the way it works. Like, like sure, like things are going to come to you a little bit more easily if you pray and have faith, but you have to take the action that that requires. You got to put yourself out there and be willing to take the hits, be willing to fall down and get back up. And that's essentially like how life is. It doesn't matter if you're a fighter. It doesn't matter if you're a plumber. It doesn't matter if you're a nurse. It doesn't matter if you're on Wall Street. Like life's going to hit you. And, and speaking of getting hit, so like, what's, what's it been like? Like, what, what, like, how do you guys train as far as, is it like two hours a day? Like, like, how does that look? Like you and Jake, oh. we will get you back to this episode of the adversity advantage in just one second. But first wanted to give a quick shout out to Danette May and earth echo foods. Danette was a past guest on the podcast and shared her incredible story and how it inspired her to create her products, such as cacao bliss, which I take every day, either in my coffee or in a smoothie. It starts with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then it's blended with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, 
boosting your energy and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to keto, gluten-free, paleo, vegan, and vegetarian diets. So go to earthechofoods.com forward slash Doug Bobst. Again, earthechofoods.com forward slash Doug Bobst. Check it out for yourself and learn more about the amazing benefits of Cacao Bliss. And when you enter in the promo code Doug at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Now back to the show. Training with Jake is like, we'll train, Jake will train six days a week, three times a day. So his growth on boxing, or having knowledge of boxing, is twice, is how I put it. His experience is double. Mm. Because said you wanted to do boxing, right? Hey, I want to do boxing. You've been doing it for three years, but you go to boxing twice a week for an hour. Opposed to a guy with Jake who's been doing it for three years and he goes six days a week, three times a day, an hour and a half a day. That, that right there is equivalent of almost six and a half, seven years because that, that he's going two days a week, but he's going six days a week and he's doing everything necessary to get better. Mm. So outside of just sparring together, do you guys like, like work out together? Do you guys like meal prep together? Or is it just solely like fighting? Well, meal prep, that's something he has a chef. Mm. I met him really good, really good guy. We call him Chef B. I mean, Jake's been so open with me. Like he's opened his home to me. He, he invited me over for dinner. You know, I got to meet his mom. Like Jake's been, Jake's been family. He's been treating me like fam. You know, Jake has really taken care of me since being out there, you know, financially. He supports my goals, my dreams. He knows what I want. He knows what I want to achieve. And he's giving me the platform to achieve. He's giving me the opportunity to take those dreams and turn them into reality. You know, I, I look at it like this. Jake could have called anybody else in the world, any other professional athlete, sparring, to spar, boxing, MMA. He could have called anybody else in the world. The, the guy is the most popular one of the most popular men in combat sports. And he chose me. You know, he chose me to be his main spark partner. He chose me to be that guy that fight time and fear that everybody's talking about. I manifested this. Mm. And I, you know, my manifest is small, but it can get bigger. You know, yeah. fighting, fighting, I tell people, hey, fighting is, is my career. You know, my passion is acting. And it's just a message for people that are like down and out right now, too, that you can get to where you want to be in life in time with hard work, with discipline. I mean, it's not like last month or three months ago or six months ago, you know, you were, you know, homeless or facing being homeless and having all these suicidal thoughts and depressed. And then all of a sudden now you're teaming up with Jake. It was just, this has been years of you rebuilding your life, rebuilding your mindset, working hard, taking the hits, continuing to you know take smaller fights and winning smaller fights and working your way up to winning bigger ones and now having this opportunity that to have this opportunity with this partnership with Jake. So, you know, a lot of people know Jake obviously is like like you said he's like one of the biggest names in combat sports right now. He's one of the biggest creators online. Like is there a, is there a few things that you've learned from him as a fighter? training with him? Is it, has he been able to show you anything or maybe it's something with social media? Has there been any lessons learned from him? I mean, definitely. I mean, height and weight, big lessons <laughs> in boxing. <laughs> definitely. 
you have a sparring people, make sure you spar at your own weight class. Don't do not attempt what I do. Jake Paul is like 6'2, 215. I'm 5'7, walk around 180. So you can see the difference in sparring. You know, wear a headgear, please. Leave it for the professionals. We're professionals. But I learned a lot from Jake since being out there. I learned, I learned that, you know, business side about social media, learning how it works, algorithm there, you know, learning to have, I learned from him, hey, you need a solid team for your world to go around smoothly. When you don't have a solid team and you try to do everything on your own, is you're going to get clustered. You're going to get frustrated with a lot of things. So me, he definitely encouraged me to build a team around myself. Definitely learning that part of the business side mm. of Jake. You know, a lot of people they get to see the goofy YouTube side and the boxing side, but they don't understand the family side and the business side of Jake. He's doing all this just for business. Yeah. And I think people, they forget that like social media and stuff like that, it's a lot of it's for entertainment. So when right. you see online, it's different offline. And it seems to me that both Jake and Logan they work their tails off. They're super dedicated. They just grind. They, you know, they care about what they're doing and they want to really, in a way, help people, I guess, if you will, inspire people. I mean, you look at what they've done for the world of combat sports and boxing. Like, I don't remember boxing being this much talked about in forever. I mean, since like Mike Tyson and Lennox Lewis and Evander Holyfield. I mean, I think you know, maybe Floyd and Pacquiao, that was big. But since then, like boxing... I haven't heard much of, and I mean, again, I'm not the, yeah, I'm not the biggest boxing fan, but I got more into it when they started to fight. Cause I was like, wow, this is it. But think about it. Like when you think, when you think about this though, right? You don't hear boxers calling out Jake Paul. Oh, you're a bum. You, right. All you hear is MMA fighters doing it. I mean, boxers like, yo, Hey, kudos to you. You learning boxing like Jake doesn't Jake and Logan don't have to fight. They make so much money. They don't have to fight. It's their choice that they want to take up something very difficult. Right. They're risking their lives training and sparring and, and fighting professionally. Mm. Right. They, they, they wanted, they wanted to do something new with their life. Right. And they're doing it. And a lot of people just have a hard time at what they're doing and they're succeeding. I tell people, look, it's not, it's not their fault that they build their followings from YouTube, having 20 million subscribers and then bringing those subscribers to boxing. Hey guys, I'm going to boxing. Support me. Okay, cool. Those 20 million viewers and buyers are going to buy their pay-per-view. He gets his, his money. You can't be mad at that because they built their foundation. If you want to be where that is, where they're at, Build your own foundation, build your following, your fan base, and then try something different or go into the MMA or and boxing and see how much money you make. Right. They say you, you'll rarely hear somebody who's more successful than you, like talking down to you or, or leaving like hateful or negative comments. Right. So that's, that's right. Very true. Is this so, like, yeah, I'll bring you on my level. Right. So I want to, I want to talk more about your upcoming fight with Tommy Fury, because I think what's ironic with this whole situation too, is that you got brought in to kind of stand in as Tyron Woodley against Jake. And there's the height difference there. Yes. And how it all plays out is how Jake, in a way, has helped you train for Tommy Fury because Tommy Fury has some height on you and some 
and is, you know, got that boxing experience as well. So like, what, what is your mindset going into this fight? Because like you said, like I, you are like kind of the underdog. This is like a massive opportunity for you. So how have you been optimizing your mindset to not let your like negative thoughts take over and, and that sort of thing? My mindset on fighting changed a long time ago, mm-hmm. especially with MMA. It will break you down. You have, you have to humble yourself. Boxing, there's a lot of pride in boxing. You know, MMA taught me how to don't have pride. Have pride, but stay humble in the sport. Training with Jake, you know, it really helped me physically because I was able to get in close on to Jake and it taught me how to, what can I do, what not to do. You know, so training for the Tommy Fury fight and the mindset of that fight, I'm so relaxed. Like, I'm like, yo, I been, I tell myself, like, yo, Ed, you, you so goddamn relaxed right now. Like, pretty confident. Like, I'm confident I'm going to beat this guy. He hasn't oh, nobody like me. And I've sparred and trained with people who are a lot more scarier than that guy. You know, the only reason why he's this big favorite is because his last name is Theory, and he's only five inches taller. People are forgetting, hey, I fight at 155 in MMA for four-ounce gloves. Everybody at fight at 155 are 5'11", 6 feet. It's no different. You know, I, I, I just don't get, you know, I get it's the difference of sports, but they're underestimating me because they think I don't have the experience of boxing. Right. No, and, and that, that makes sense. And I think you're right. Like his brother is obviously the, the notable boxer in with the last name Fury. And, and I'm sure that goes into it. And obviously the size difference. One thing I wanted to ask along that those lines is, have you noticed in like your training, the adjustments of like coming from combat sports where you're allowed to grapple, you're allowed to kick, you're allowed to do all these things. So now it's just straight boxing. Have you noticed like a, like a learning curve when it comes to that? Or is it kind of oh. still there from back in the day when you were boxing? You know, they're back in the days. Uh, a lot, a lot of people don't know my my martial arts background in MMA. So I tell them, "Hey, I'm a boxer first when I'm in that cage, and I wrestle second. So I'll strike with you, and if you want to go to the ground, then we'll wrestle. So whenever I get ready for a camp, I go to professional boxing gyms and I spar with other fighters. Every I spar at least three times a week at other boxing gyms, and I do my two days of grappling with Antonio and everybody at body shop. Right. So I, so I'm sparring every week in boxing because I can't kick out. I'm not a kicker. I'm not a Muay Thai kicker. I'm not an American kicker, a kickboxer. I'm not a Dutch kickboxer. I don't kick when I'm in the cage. All I do is box and grapple. <laughs> so that's what I do. And I spar every single day almost. And we spar in 10 ounce gloves. So I'm used to sparring in 10-ounce gloves, which we're fighting in, which is not a big issue. With- right. No, and, and that's, that's enlightening to hear because I kind of, I often wondered that when you see some of these MMA fighters come in box, like, okay, like, what's the difference? Is the mindset different? Because you're like, oh, in this situation, I'm used to being able to throw a kick, but you only have your arms. And I didn't know if that would get confusing, but it makes sense that you do have that boxing past that it's probably a lot easier for you to transition. So like outside of fighting, like, is there anything else you have going on? Like, so let's just say you win, you beat Tommy Fury, uh, which hopefully you do. 
And then obviously you'll probably move on and box somebody else. But let's just say that you don't, and maybe you still will continue fighting, but is there anything, any other endeavors that you're passionate about or any other pathways you're going after this? I think win and lose. If I lose this fight, I'll probably go to the UFC. Okay. I They've spoken, my manager's spoken, some of the matchmakers from the UFC, they have interest. In fact, I'm fighting on a very high profile card and in a fighter that's going to obviously build interest to the MMA fan in the UFC to want to sign me. So right. I feel like I'll go there. If I win this fight, which I know I will, most likely I'm going to stay in boxing, sign with Showtime, and I'll probably end up fighting Tommy again in at the Wembley Stadium. Mm. So I, match, who knows? Yeah, no, that's awesome, and I'm I'm hoping that you do win because I kind of I think you're you have a great story, and I love seeing the underdogs kind of pull off things and. And I'm just wishing you the best with with that fight. And I think just based on your experience and even just training with Jake, I'm sure that's going to really give you a leg up that people might not expect. So let's talk about like fight predictions because I know you've you've obviously you know seen Jake fight, you've seen Jake box, you've boxed Jake, you've gotten really really close to him. Like, how do you think that fight's going to go down between him and Woodley? I say it's going to go down two ways of this. And I've been really thinking about it, and I have to really honestly assess what's going on. Me and Tyron has the same striking coach. A lot of people don't know that. Antonio was Tyron's striking coach for seven years. I've never met Tyron. I've never trained with the guy. Don't know. But from what I see, I see Jake winning either sixth round, between fifth and sixth round TKO, or Jake winning by unanimous decision. Yeah, I hope so. Like I said, I'm a I'm a fan. I, I'm a, I'm hoping that that he pulls it off and he wins. And it's just cool. Like I I love anybody who just puts themselves out there and is not afraid to to fail. Who's not afraid to look like somebody who's different when they go and chase something that they want. Because like you said, like him and Logan, they've been so successful online that in reality like they don't need to box they're just doing it because they love the sport i'm sure it helps them um with keeping themselves in shape or their mindset and everything else and now it's also giving other people opportunities like yourself to build a bigger name for yourself not just a bigger name but a bigger brand right now even if say if say you win now you get you get signed to a company like showtime or even if you if you lose and you get signed to mma just just because you've had now the opportunity to get on a bigger a bigger card so what about you and tommy like how do you see that fight going down do you see him you knocking him out in the first couple rounds you see it going the distance like what are you thinking huh that's a tough one i can say is if i want to fight to go to first round i'll let it go out the first round if i let it go out the second round i'll let it go out the second round um, but honestly, I have myself winning by unanimous decision. Honestly, Tommy's going to be a tough opponent. I'm not going to take nothing from him, but I'm going to destroy him. Now, it all depends on Tommy's cardio. <laughs> if his cardio is not here, he's going out second round. But I tell you this, that I'm going to do everything in my power to go all out and knock him out in the first round. Mm. If I can't do that, I'm going to go all out in the second round. Trying to knock him out. If I can't do it in a second, I'm going to go all out in the third. I'm ready to go to war. I'm ready to die for this. Like, people don't understand, man, like how, what, what it took for me to get here. He's spoon fed. 
This guy got money. He don't have to fight. He's spoon fed. I want what he has. The glory, the money, the, the financial freedom. You know, I want to change my life. I'm going there to take what he, what he has. And he's coming to American soil. And the Americans are going to definitely be rooting for me. Right. Is, is, the, is the boxing world over in the UK, is it just a different atmosphere than it is here? Is it not as competitive? Is there better fighters? I mean, they're, they're always been competitive. It's just, I want to I know what it feels to be. I've always played that villain role. Like, in right, my whole right. career, MMA, I, I fought in Ireland. I fought in Budapest. I fought in England. I've always been that Triple H of the MMA who goes there as the villain. So I've always wanted to box in Wembley. You know, wanted to know what it feels the atmosphere. Yeah, I know I'm going to get booed, but I know my skill set. I know what I can do. Mm. It, it doesn't, I don't, the more people there is, the more, the more I, I grow, the, the better I perform. I'm a glory for. Right. So the more people there is, I'm, the performance is going to be a lot better than what you see. So there's there's four fights on the card, right? So are you, are you right before Paul Woodley, or are you earlier on in the night? I'm the very first fight. You you ordered that Showtime paper. <laughs> oh, here comes the most extravagant walkout of history of boxing. Me, I'm the very very first card. That way I can whoop his butt. I can go back in the locker room. I can change and just look good and watch the whole fight. Mm. Have you figured out what song you're going to walk out to yet? Absolutely. I, there were two. Actually, I can say one of them, but not not the actual one. I was thinking about Bad Mama Gemma and have a girl walk out. <laughs> She's awesome. a bad Mama Gemma. <laughs> That's awesome. So last question I have for you is there's a lot of people who listen to my show that either are struggling right now or the parents who have kids who are struggling or they're people that essentially will continue to struggle in the future. Like if you could go back and, you know, maybe you're Antonio and you're talking to your younger self three years ago when you're in that like rock bottom moment of your life, like what kind of things would you say to him? What are your goals? What do you want to achieve overall? Tell me your goals. All right, these are your end goals. Okay, let's write down what we need to achieve, smaller goals, what we need to do so we can get to those end goals. Taking your time. You guys have to take your time. Don't rush it. Because when you rush it, <laughs> your product's not going to come out as good when you rush things. Hmm. Take your time. Understand what you're doing. Understand what you're going to have to sacrifice to get where you want to go. And it's okay to feel embarrassed. It's okay to fail. Because without fail, there's no success. You're never going to learn if you never fail. Learn from me. Learn from other mistakes, not yours. Oh, love it, man. Love it. So I'm sure people are going to want to connect with you. They're going to want to follow you. They're going to want to just see what you have going on either, you know, during the fight and even after the fight. So where can people find out more about you? Oh, definitely. Instagram, Anthony underscore pretty boy, just regular boy. Twitter, Anthony underscore for real. Facebook, Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor. And if you guys are having a hard time finding any one of those, just Google me, Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor. <laughs> just Google you or just watch you August 29th, first Tommy Fury, the undercard on the Jake Paul versus Ty Tyron Woodley fight in Cleveland, Ohio. 
It's going to be awesome. There's going to be millions upon millions of people watching it. So Anthony, thank you so much for coming on. And I will make sure to plug all your stuff in the show notes so people can give you a follow. And for those listening, what I want you to do, just like I try to recommend with every episode, is share like a takeaway from this episode. I'm going to tag Anthony, tag myself. Maybe it was something he said about his journey or how he rebuilt his mindset. Maybe it was something about his training or boxing, whatever it was. Just tag him, tag myself. We'd love to hear your feedback. And we once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopes. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Doug.